I mean, the Paniaguas know me since Pampers. So you know the worst, the worst of me. Um, And uh, I just, you know, honestly, I mean, I want to get to the word, of course, uh, and I pray that we get to be encouraged, all of us, uh, and we're in this midweek service prayer meeting. uh, And so I'm going to get to that in a second. But uh, it's just it's crazy to think how long they know us and, and how, how much we've done together um, throughout these four, I mean, I'm 44, so uh, they know me all my life. Um, and uh, I'm just so grateful for them. Um, they're parents to me. Um, they've raised me. They've seen all the bad stuff. They've seen the good stuff. Um, and I just, I love them and I honor them. And um, man, I couldn't be more grateful and thankful for uh, both of you guys, I love you so much. So thank you for, I guess, I mean, I'm blaming you for who I am, but <laughs> the good stuff, the good stuff, not the bad stuff. And Fruta, it's so good to see you. Uh, Mom, we love you, praying for you. And then, of course, uh, Pastor Joey and, um, and just getting to be friends and talking and, and thinking the same. Um, and... Uh, I'm loving, you know, transition's never easy, and from what I'm hearing, this is one of the best transitions I've ever heard about, um, and everyone's saying that I know that, 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 that's here, they're saying that, so I love that, I'm praying for you guys, we pray for you all the time, uh, you have a, a sister church uh, in New York, um, and so we're just, we're together on all of it, and um, we're going to pray for baby Jordan. I mean, Jordan, Chicago, like, it kind of makes sense, right? Um, I believe the verse will be on the screen. Um, if you have your Bible, if you're taking notes, uh, I want to go Psalm 92.12. Psalm 92.12. Uh, and it is uh, eight simple words. Uh, we'll read a little bit more, but uh, the, the crutch of this is the righteous will... Flourish like a palm tree. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. Goes on to say, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Let's pray. Lord, we want to flourish. We want to bear fruit. We want to stay fresh. We want to stay green. Amen. I love palm trees. Anybody love palm trees? If you love palm trees, I mean, just close your eyes. Imagine palm trees. Imagine where they are. Imagine like it's vacation. It's paradise. Uh, I think of coconuts. I think of the beach emoji. I I think of sunglasses on my face and uh, my feet in the sand and applying SPF 12,000. When I think of palm trees, I think of beautiful uh, 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 beaches in the Caribbean uh, islands or beautiful desert cities. It's crazy because uh, palm trees uh, actually live in places with some of the most terrible weather. They live in deserts or in tropical places. They go through dry, scorching heat and hurricane season every single year, yet they grow and grow and grow and they stay beautiful. And when I think of palm trees, I think of them in the good times. I don't think of them necessarily in the bad times. They are an oasis in the desert. Palm trees uh, have the largest leaves of any plant and their large leaves provide shade from the strong sun. 
They were a sign of salvation to someone dying of heat and thirst. Palm trees represent life and hope in a bad, inhospitable, deserted place. Palm trees have always been a sign of triumph and victory and plenty and protection and peace. Guess what this Sunday is? It's where Jesus is riding into Jerusalem on a cult, right? And they're putting palm branches on the floor to honor Jesus. But what are they screaming? Hosanna, which means Lord, save us. Part of uh, what I've been blessed to do in my uh, life and what I believe God's called me to do uh, is uh, kind of this humanitarian evangelism uh, and get to love people and we feed the homeless in New York and, and we do all this stuff and uh, a, a side part of what I've gotten to do is actually respond to natural disasters. If there was an earthquake somewhere or there was a hurricane somewhere, uh, I was able to get there first to that country and, and kind of like uh, see what's going on. And one of the first things that we do whenever we got to the country, we jump in a helicopter and we fly, to, we fly over the disaster zone to see the magnitude of the damage. And you'd fly up there and you'd look all around and you would see the worst stuff. I mean, cars flipped over and trucks flipped over and, and bridges knocked out and houses relocated and just all this stuff. I mean, just debris everywhere. But the only thing still standing was the palm tree. I had to find out why, so hashtag Wikipedia. Uh, normally trees are five times the mass than the roots, but in the case of the palm trees, their roots have more mass than its trunk and branches put together. See what's underneath. What's not seen is bigger than what's seen. See, the palm tree sends out its roots uh, deep and wide, deep below the earth, until they find underground streams to drink from. And they go out wide, check this out, interlocking with other roots from other palm trees. Their root system is like no other. God designed the palm tree to, uh, uh, to flourish in the desert. He designed it to withstand hurricane uh, force winds. God designed them so that they could actually bend all the way to the floor without snapping. He designed them so that they could survive and thrive when the surroundings say otherwise. When the surroundings declare death, he designed to, them to show life and instill hope when everything around it looks hopeless. If you've ever seen on the news uh, video or footage of a hurricane, I mean, these palm trees, they look like they're going down, right? Those things like are bent all the way over and their leaves are blowing and, and like, like it's just getting beat up hours and hours and hours of, of just hurricane force winds. And you're looking at it like, it's okay, little buddy, you can go down. Like, like I know you're fighting, I know you're struggling and it's okay, you can go down. And I bet the hurricane's thinking, oh, I got you now. I'm going to get you down. You're going to fall any second. You're gonna, and then as the, the hours and hours pass and the hurricane runs out of steam and the winds die down, the palm tree starts to come back up. Palm tree starts to, to, to come back up and yeah, it was pushed down, but it was only temporary. Check this out, it, it gets better. Studies show that when the palm tree is being bent and pushed over, its root system stretches out even more, reaching for the water, reaching for the source. It actually goes deeper, reaching for life and reaching for strength and gripping other roots tighter and securing its stance, but not only its stance, but the stance of others. See, the entire time of the storm, it's actually being strengthened 
strengthened. It's given new opportunities for growth. When the storm is over, what do you know? It came back up stronger than it ever was before. And the palm tree stands tall and it stretches out and says, I needed that. Palms up, raised towards heaven, stronger than ever. See, God knew there'd be difficult times. God knew we'd go through some stuff. He never promised that there wouldn't be difficult days. He just promised that he'd be with us through them. He never promised that weapons wouldn't form. He just promised that they wouldn't prosper. He promises to be our refuge and our strength and our ever-present help in times of trouble, that when we call on him, he's going to respond. And no matter what we're going through, he's going to be there. See, we, we all love a miracle, right? We sang about it just recently. We, we all love a miracle. This is the house of miracles. But you only need a miracle when something bad's happening. Could it be that, that, that the storms in our life actually put us in posture for, to receive a miracle? Could it be that it puts us in the posture for revival? Because as we're, we're in this place where we're like, I don't know what to do, it brings us back to Jesus. And we're like, I've got nothing left than to raise my hands and say, God, I need you. And listen, storms come sometimes and it's not your fault and you can't avoid it and it hits you dead on and there's nothing you can do about it. You remember the, the story in the Bible about there was two guys that built a house. One built it on a rock and one built it on sand, right? And the storm came to both houses. The same storm came to both houses. One fell, one stood strong. The difference was what they were built on. The difference was the foundation. The difference was what was where they were standing standing on the rock. This is how we fight our battles. The storms of life come to every person, no matter how good of a person you are, you're gonna have some rain, you're gonna have some heavy winds, you're gonna have some desert places in your life. This is not the time to isolate yourself. This is not the time to go off on your own. See, that's what the enemy wants, right? He wants you off on your own, thinking nobody understands what you're going through. Nobody's going to understand, like, like nobody's dealing with what I'm dealing with. He wants you to go off on your own. This is, this is the moment to interlock with others. This is the moment to grip another brother or a sister. Uh, this is the moment to get in the book. This is the moment to get in a small group or connect group or whatever we do. Like this is the moment to get some brothers and sisters around us and say, man, I'm going through some stuff. I can't go through it on my own. If I'm on my own, the wind's going to knock me over. But man, if my roots go down deep and, and they, they, they interlock with others, man, you can't push me over. If, if, if I'm here and Pastor Joey comes and pushes me, I might fall. But if I grab my brother here and he grabs somebody else and he grabs somebody else and Pastor Joey comes to try to push me, we're not falling because the, the strength in numbers, the more that we, we interlock with others, the stronger we're going to stand. So we get involved more, we serve more, we come to the meetings, we say, hey, how can I help? How can I serve? I'm going through some stuff. I got to serve more. I got to get involved more. I got I to gotta be around people more. Because if I'm not, I'm going to fall. So let these moments in our lives be grow moments, locked deep below the surface. See, the visible only reflects the invisible. We have to be bigger, deeper, wider on the inside than on the outside. God should be doing more inside of us than outside through us. 
You, you remember Job? Satan saw all the stuff he had, all, all the success he had, all, all the things on the outward, and he goes, man, man, he, he's, he's got some good stuff, but the only reason he, he, he loves God, the only reason he's a grateful person is because of all this outward stuff. So Satan actually goes to God and says, hey, let me mess with his outside, and I promise you his inside's going to change. God takes the bet, says, okay. You think that if you change his outside, he's, he's going to become just like everybody else, angry and bitter, but I don't think so, not Job. Job, there's something on, uh, stronger on the inside of Job than, than all this outside stuff. So, so go ahead, and of course, we know the story. Satan messes with all the outside stuff. It doesn't change Job. Guys, we got to be stronger, deeper, wider on the inside of us uh, than, than, than what's going on in the outside. See, when the outside stuff hits our world, it won't rock us. It won't alter us. But when we're stronger on the inside, then when stuff happens outside, it doesn't matter because our inside is stronger. My foundation is stronger. And so all the stuff that's going to happen on the outside, and it will happen. It's not going to knock us off our game. It's not going to get us off focus. It's, it's not going to uh, push us out of the count. Some major battles throughout the Bible. Some major storms throughout the Bible. Right? We, we know some of them. I mean, even just the ones where uh, Jesus, right, he's in the boat with the disciples and he's sleeping, right? And, and they get into a big storm, right? Jesus is like, hey, guys, let's go over to the other side. Jesus falls asleep and then a big storm hits. And the disciples are like, Jesus, what are you doing? You're sleeping. We're about to die. These are fishermen. These are guys used to being on the water. This is not a little rain shower. This is a beast of a storm. Jesus wakes up. Says, guys, I'm tired. I'm going to go back to sleep. Calm down. That was a joke. He calms the storm. Funny, this is, uh, this is uh, Matthew 8. Uh, and then six chapters later, in Matthew 14, six chapters later, Jesus again says, hey guys, let's go over to the other side. This time, I'll meet you there. And disciples are like, hey, last time you told us to go over the other side, we got in a big storm. I'm not falling for that one. And he was like, no, 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 it's okay. Uh, go to the other side. I'll meet you there, I promise. And, and they're like, uh, last time we got in a storm, at least you were in the boat. Now you want us to go over to the other side, and you're not even going to be in the boat with us. Like, uh. They go, Jesus, how are you going to get there? He's like, don't worry about it. I'll walk. <laughs> so disciples go over, right? They're, 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 they're on their way to the other side. And what do you know? A big storm hits and they think they're going to die. Waves are crashing. Winds blowing. Everything's happening. They're like, we're going to die. This just happened six chapters ago, guys. It tells us that experience doesn't solve the fear factor. We go through one thing, God does it, we forget real quick. And then Jesus starts to walk. It says like he's about to walk right past him. He walks out there and the disciples are so scared, they don't even recognize that it's Jesus. They're like, what in the world is happening? We're about to die. This is crazy. Like, like, like. And then they think that they see this ghost. And then Peter I love Peter. Peter's, Peter's one of my favorite people in the Bible. 
I love this, that they're in the middle of their storm, right? And Jesus comes walking out on the water. What, what, one thing I love is that Jesus isn't waiting for them at the rendezvous point. Jesus actually comes and meets them in the middle of the storm. Like he comes to where they were. He didn't meet them where he told them he was going to be. He meets them where they were, where they, they were afraid. He comes walking on the very thing that they were afraid of. Guys, whatever we're afraid of is already under Jesus' feet. Like, like, like anything that you are afraid of, Jesus has it in control. And then so Peter sees Jesus and he's not sure. He's like, I don't know if this is like, like, who is this? Is this a ghost? Is this Jesus? And he's like, Lord, if it's you, if it's not a ghost, says, command me to come. I love that. He didn't say comfort me. He didn't say let this be over quickly. He didn't say promise me this so you know I, I won't get hurt. He said command me. I want a word from the Lord. I tell you if that was me, I would have said, Lord, if it's you, get me the heaven out of here, get me to a diner, and get me a chocolate milkshake. <laughs> Peter's like, command me to come. If it's you, command me to come. I want a word from Jesus. And Jesus says, Come and then Peter steps out and Peter realizes, Peter realizes something like it's pretty incredible, right? So he realizes that in the natural, the safest place to be in a storm is in the boat. But in reality, the safest place to be in any situation is really as close to Jesus as you could possibly be. And so Peter steps out and he starts to walk on water. Like the suspension of physics and all the smart stuff and I don't even get it all. Like all that's out the window. There's no way this should be happening. And Peter starts to take a few steps towards Jesus and we know the story. His eyes get off focus. He gets off of Jesus. He starts to, he says, he sees the wind. He looks at the waves. He's, he's looking at his outward surrounding that, that everything's happening around him and he starts to sink. And I'm sure in this moment, Peter started to self-prophesy, I'm going to die. Man, look what I did. Maybe the other guys were in the boat saying, you see, Peter, you try, you try to take it too far. You, you try to be better than us and walk out on the water. And maybe, maybe they're saying stuff like, look, Peter, look at you now. Peter could have said, hey, Lord, don't, don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. Let, let me get to the other side by myself. I messed up. This is all my fault. I'll get to the other side by myself. Peter doesn't do that. Peter says, Hosanna. Peter says, Lord, save me. Peter knew enough that if he just called on the mention of his name, that Jesus would be close enough to save him. This, was, wasn't, this wasn't about a, a, a drowning moment. This was about a reaching out moment. This was about a comeback story. This was about a getting back up moment. This was Peter reaching out and saying, Jesus, I messed up. Would you save me? And of course, Jesus reaches back and he lifts Peter up. And the storm doesn't calm down until they actually get back in the boat with some other good brothers around them. And then finally, the storm calms down. And then it says in verse 33 that uh, all the disciples began to worship, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Later, when Peter was writing his epistles and teaching others, First uh, Peter 1, 6 through 7, it says, in all this, in the miracle, in the process, in the hurricane, in the storms, in the suffering, in the waiting, in all the injustices, in, in the tension, in, in the quarantine, whatever it is, in all this, 
You greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. This is why we fight our battles, so that he gets all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Listen, battles, wars, hurricanes, disasters, I am not making light of any situation you could possibly be going through. I've been through a Cat 5 hurricane. About 13 years ago, I went through a divorce and I was so ashamed and so embarrassed and I was like, I don't understand how this could be happening to me. I'm a pastor, I'm a missionary. I was living in Peru at the time and and as a missionary and I was just like, God, I've given you my life. I don't understand how this is happening. I know what it is to want to throw in the towel. I know what it is to want to drink away all your sorrows. I know what it is to be screaming and holding a pillow over my face so my three little girls wouldn't hear me. I've been through the hurricane. I've had all the questions. I I got so angry at God. I said, God, where are you? I'm, I'm calling on you and I'm not hearing anything. The silence is deafening. And the wind just kept blowing and the waves kept crashing and I felt like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't catch my breath. And I'm like, God, you said you'd make all things good. What happened? That verse really bothered me as I, as I went through my storm, as I went through my hurricane. God works all things for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I, I was really doubting God and his promise, and, and, and I got angry, and I was like, there's nothing good here. I don't get it, God. This doesn't make sense. But see, it was because I was stuck in the storm. And the wind was closing my eyes, the the, the waves splashing in my face. And I I really couldn't see the whole picture. Waves were rocking my world. It wasn't until I recognized my Savior and I reached out and I called for help and I said, Hosanna, Lord, save me. And Jesus got me back in the boat with some good brothers uh, in my life. Did the storm actually calm down? So now looking back and knowing details that I didn't know, I realize that God doesn't make all things happen, but he does make all things good. I now see that God was in the boat the whole time. That God was walking with me the whole time. He was working things out for my good and for my future. And and my future looks so amazing. My best days haven't been lived yet. And I'm coming back stronger than ever. And see, if I know that I love God and I've been called according to his purpose and I know that God will make everything good of those who love him, then if it's not good now, guess what? It's not the end. He's working down but not out, broken but not destroyed, pressed but not crushed, struck but not defeated, bent but not snapping. It's about to get good. Some of us are like this, like a rock in a slingshot, you know, where you're you're being stretched and you're being pulled back and, and you feel like the world is passing you by. I felt like that. I was like, God, God, I feel like the whole world is just passing me by and I keep going backwards. I I keep going like the wrong way, God. There was so much tension, but the more tension, the farther I was going to go. He was about to launch me. He was, he was aiming me where he wanted me, but he, he was preparing me. He was getting ready, getting me ready. He was stretching me so that he could send me where he wanted to send me. And so I'm going to stay planted. I'm going to stretch my roots deep below the surface. 
in his word, in his promises, in his house, interlocking with others, declaring, I trust you, God. I trust your timing. I trust that you will work everything together for my good. Hurricane season may come, but I'm looking at it differently. I'm not even calling a hurricane season anymore. I'm calling it growth season. I'm calling I'm calling it like 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 I'm calling it praise season. I'm calling it comeback season. I'm calling it stretching season, deeper season. It's about to get good season. I don't know if the worship team's around, but somebody maybe on keys can help me. Because I want to be able to, to end this with our palms up, with our, our hands up. Uh, whatever you're going through, I know somebody's going through something. If anything, I'm going through something. So this is for me. But I know I got to get in God's presence. Because in his presence, there's fullness of And the joy of the Lord is my. And so I have joy and strength when I get in his presence. So when I feel weak and I feel hopeless, oh, I get in his presence then. You know, the storm still tries to kick up from time to time. But I remember what I saw visiting the disaster zones. I remember seeing those palm trees all the way flattened to the ground and then coming back three months later and seeing them uh, back up uh, all the way, all the way straight now with their palms up and their, their branches raised towards heaven looking like they're praising Jesus, enjoying the sun. And I think about this verse, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. I think about his word and I think about his promise and I stop dwelling on the past. And, I, and even my present situation, I start getting excited about the future and what's ahead for me and what's ahead for my kids and what's ahead for my calling and my, and my purpose. And I, I speak peace. I will not be afraid. If love casts out all fear and God is love, then fear and God cannot exist in the same boat. And so I will not give up. I will not quit. I will not settle. I'm burning the white flag. It's not an option. My battle line is drawn, so I'm ready to fight. My palms are up. My stance is ready. My worship is loud. This is my battle cry. I am more than a conqueror. So he has called me righteous. So I will. And when the enemy, he, he, tries to, he tries to sneak in and he tries to get in my head. See, I'm, I'm like, yo, I, I reject the lies that are in my head telling me that I'm not enough, that, that my past is too dark, that things have happened, that, that, that I'm the wrong choice, that I'm not the smartest one in the room. All this stuff, he tries to remind me of my past and I go, enemy, if you're trying to go in the past, you got to go back a lot farther all the way to the cross. Because my God beat you there. And his power still reigns. Yes. We're coming up in resurrection season. Man, your situation might stink. It, it might look like death. This is the time where we're like, God, if ever a time where you can resurrect dead things. And so he's called me righteous. So I declare that I will flourish like a palm tree. I will bear fruit as I get older. I will stay fresh. I will stay green. I will walk on water. I will get to the other side. I will be deeper, wider, bigger, stronger on the inside than on the outside. I will have the best comeback story ever written. I will remain planted in this house. I will secure my stance. I will interlock with others. I will build my house on the rock. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will not waver when I'm weak and when I feel weak, 
I will wait upon the Lord who will renew my strength. I will mount up with wings like eagles. I will run and not grow weary. I will walk and not grow faint. I will make it through. I will, I will, I will, I will. He has called me righteous, so I will. And no matter what the past has stolen from us, he will restore the years the locusts have eaten. He will do immeasurably more than we could ask, think, or imagine. He will work all things for our good. He will renew our strength. He will make a way. He will secure us. He will protect us. He will provide for us. He will sustain us. He will rescue us. And he will get all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. And I will, because he will. You know, you know when you, when you, when you get in a fight, I'm sure none of you have ever been in a fight before because you all look so holy, but when you get in a fight, they say, hey, put them up, right? Well, we fight spiritually. And so I say, put them up. Palms up, raised towards heaven like a palm tree. Man, we've been beaten down. I get it. We've been through some stuff. I get it. But man, when we, when we secure our stance, when we dig deep, when we dig our roots deep, looking for water, looking for strength, and interlock with other brothers and sisters. Your storm might be strong, but your shelter is stronger. Your storm might be strong, but your Savior is so much stronger. And listen, I dare you. I dare you to look the enemy right in his face and say, you could huff and you could puff, but you will not blow this house down. Oh, I am so secure. I'm built on the rock. I'm not letting anything. So I want to pray. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you're going through. But I would love it if we would stand together. I'd love it if we'd raise our palms up. I'd love us to sing. We could do house, the, the, the miracles, whatever, whatever you guys feel to sing. Let's sing. I want you to think of somebody that you need to interlock with. I want you to almost in your mind start interlocking with that person. I, I want you to actually, I, I got homework for you. I actually want you to text somebody tonight or go to somebody and say, hey, I need you in my life.